vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta What's going on guys? Welcome to today. I was going to say podcast, but technically this is this is for the group. We might strip it as a podcast, but in the last one I said welcome to today's topic, but I don't really know how to introduce these things, to be honest, because um, some of it will just be audio, some of it will be video, but here with Ali, we're going to go through um, meal plans and pros and cons of different types of them, really, um, and get into like the, the kind of why you might want to use a certain strategy um, long term, short term, that sort of stuff. So um, all good. How are you doing, Ali? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, it's, uh, it's it's definitely a, a topic I think that, that's come up. We've been speaking about it, haven't we, for like a good week or so at least. But it's something that always comes up with clients is like, um, oh, I was doing this meal plan before. Like, should I do X, Y, Z with my, with my nutrition going forward? Like, um, and when we hear meal plans, it's like, it's something that's like, we have this connotation of it being really kind of like strict and, and bland and boring. So we just wanted to kind of debunk a little bit about meal plans and kind of talk about, as you mentioned, Sylvester, like the pros and the cons of, for a start, a meal plan. And then also what kind of you can do to not necessarily be on a meal plan, but what are your other options in terms of being prepped and prepared with your, your food for the week ahead. So yeah, looking forward to it. Let's dive in. Yeah. But also, also I think, uh, see anyone that's either like not in, not in our program and they're listening to this, if we do strip, this is a podcast, a lot of the time yeah. people just want you to do the work for them. They go, can you just write me a meal plan? They think that's going to solve the problems and that's what they need. So really, yeah. this is what they need. They need to listen to this and then realise why it's actually not going to solve the problems. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that comes up a lot. Is like So like, when people inquire, you, you'll get this as well. It's like, so how does it work? Do I get a meal plan? Do I get like a training plan? Like, what, What's the script? Um, and we need to think beyond just getting results because as much as a meal plan will get you results, does it actually give you the skills, the build the habits and the behaviors that you need for the rest of your life? Because like, that's what everyone, you know, everyone on the program is here for is to ultimately transform their life. Yeah. Yeah. Fad diet again. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. And I think to be honest, it could end up leaving you in a, a, a little bit of a worse state because you, if you feel as if you're always because it's like this roller coaster, I need to get back on it. No, you don't. Like you're not, you're not off of it. You've maybe just had a few days where you've not been 100% accurate with your nutrition or whatever, but you're not off of it. You should be enjoying what you're doing. And if you're not, and it like, then it's probably a wee bit too rigid for what you're doing, or even just in, in your own head. So um, I, I definitely think there needs to be a, a real element of kind of understanding around this this topic um so now looking forward to to get into it. what i've just realized is that we've not uh we've, I'll, I'll just get this up on my, my illustrator just quickly and uh, we've not put the scale onto the onto the, the presentation for those that are watching but this is basically the meal prep scale um so you've got stuff for on the left hand side which is just very rigid everything in, out, eating out of tubs and you're just kind of almost like a, an old school bodybuilder 
Um, and then you've got the other side, you're reactive, you're erratic, you've got no idea what's in your cupboards, what's in your fridge, and you're just eating everything and anything and hoping at the end of the day it adds up, which is never going to work, right? So either end of the spec, either end of the spectrum is really not where you want to be. Um, and then you've got it right in the middle, um, I would say is the, the place that where you want to be, certainly for the most most part of the year, is proactive and adaptable. Um, and that's definitely something that you really need to really need to look at. Um, where are where are you at on that scale? Yeah, exactly. It's finding that sweet spot, isn't it? It's trying to find that sweet spot that you can spend the majority of your year at so that you've got an idea as to what to eat, how to eat, how to prepare things, how to be planned for the week ahead, um, but still be able to enjoy if like something last minute comes up. You don't suddenly have this rush of, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, do I need to just like, I, I can't do it? Or like, you create all this anxiety in your head because it's not on your meal plan. Like we want to kind of, be able to get to a point where you can still have um, certain meals and certain foods that are go-tos that are going to tick the boxes that you need to tick in terms of your calories, um, et cetera, protein, all of that. Um, but you can still go and enjoy like that, that birthday or the wedding or um, the works night out, whatever it may be. So I a hundred percent like it's uh, it, there, there's such a, a broad spectrum within that scale so anyone that was watching like you can probably point to times where you've been at various different stages along that scale but yeah we want to try and get to get to that sweet spot yeah and also what we want to speak about as well is the fact that not all meal plan like when you say meal plan there's there's so many different types and probably we're not even covering them all here but we're covering the kind of main ones that you would maybe look at um, but basically you've got strict kind of chicken and broccoli and rice meal plan. Then you've got maybe getting from a prep company, but then you've also got like um, other prep companies like HelloFresh and stuff, which we'll go into. Uh, you've got prepping your protein in bulk, curries, bolognese, chilies, the stuff that tastes better um, when, you, when you prep and leave it for a few days. Um, then you've got shopping with intention, a bit of a plan around your fridge and your cupboards, then actually prepping your cupboards for success and not for failure and, and stacking them up with loads of sweets and chocolate and crisps and all that sort of stuff. So um, we'll get into each one of them. Um, first of all, we'll go into uh, just that kind of classic bodybuilder type uh, chicken, broccoli and rice diet. So do you want to talk about anything to do with that, Ali? Yeah, so like... This is what I think most people think of, isn't it? When they think of meal plans, like they think chicken, broccoli, rice, sweet potatoes, um, like really bland, plain, boring meals that people have to suffer through. It's like, oh, I have to eat this to get to where I want to be. Um, of like, I can't eat beyond these meals, otherwise I'm off plan. It's that whole all or nothing approach. Um and whilst it's like, yes, if you stick to that meal plan, it will potentially, well, it will, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to get to where you want to be if you're 100% on it all the time. But like for most people that are not trying to be an athlete or trying to be some kind of competitor in some athletic discipline, like, do you need to follow a strict, strict meal plan like this all the time? Absolutely not. Like, uh, and for those that are watching, like you can see on screen, like there's two different even types of chicken and broccoli. So there's the one kind of on the, the top left corner, which is really, really kind of plain, boring. There doesn't really seem to be a lot of flavor. It doesn't look that attractive. And then the one on the right, it's the same foods, but they've been seasoned well. They look appetizing. 
you know, there's like some sesame seeds on there. There's a bit of flexibility around it. So it's not creating this, this, uh, this, uh, this mindset of I have to eat this. This is boring. Like I've got to suffer through it. It's, oh, I can actually enjoy it. Like there's a way to actually enjoy these foods to still get to where I want to be. But like this does not really teach you anything. Following a strict kind of meal plan like this doesn't teach you anything about how to, to be flexible on social occasions when uh you know if like if it's not in the meal plan what do you do like what happens after like 12 weeks of following this plan like where do you go what 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 skills do you have how do you know what foods you can have what you can't have how much of this you can have like do you know anything about um understanding what calories you should be on how to be flexible and how to kind of manipulate your calories through the week if you've got something coming up that you want to go and enjoy at the weekend like, does it teach you any of that? No, because it's just literally meal one is this, meal two is this, meal three is that. Other than that, that's it. Nothing else exists. Like, these are the foods that exist during those 12 weeks. You can't control So it's, uh, it's whilst it will get you to, to where you want to be, like, for most of you guys that are listening, guys and girls that are watching, listening, like, this is not something that's really going to be that applicable for the long term. It might be something that like you would want to do is follow more of a stricter approach for a short period of time, like a more unsustainable approach to get a longer term sustainable result. But it's not something that we would we would definitely kind of be like right from the get-go, we're following these set meals from day one. Um that makes sense. Do you want to touch on anything there, Sylvester? Yeah, just um everything you said by on, but I just want to kind of um add to the whole kind of taste of it, like Oh, you're not going to get all your nutrients from chicken, broccoli and rice. You, you just won't. Um, and you're going to be lacking in certain things. You need a bit more colour than that. And you need a bit more variety um, to, to be able to actually have a, a full-on healthy diet. So isn't necessarily having so much of that. It's not actually that healthy. Um, but really what I wanted to touch on was the actual kind of like palatable foods so they're the same foods as you'll see on screen as Ali said one of them looks a lot more appetizing you might almost get that in a restaurant then the other one looks like dry chicken like a tiny little bit of sauce and it doesn't even barely even look like uh, broccoli up the top so it's it's something that if you can make the food in front of you look good most likely it's going to taste pretty good as well so put a bit of effort into what you're what you're making as well and if you can't cook start with something a wee bit um a wee bit easier which is going to kind of lead us on to um on to the kind of next point but chicken broccoli and rice actually can taste pretty good um, and the reason why it gets such a, a bad rap i think is just because it just sounds horrendous <laughs> so yeah uh, like feel free to to put sauce and seasoning and everything on it and it, it'll taste great like, so don't, don't be fearful of that way of thinking that that's, that's too strict. If you can make it very palatable and taste nice, then by all means have that more often than, than you, than you want. Um, but I think as soon as food starts to get super boring, it's maybe time to kind of, to kind of switch it up. So it's kind of leading on to the, the kind of next one, which would be like meal prep, meal prep companies. Um, so I guess with meal prep companies, you got a few different types. So you've got like, because I used to work with a meal, a few to be honest, a meal, a few meal prep companies when when we had Titan, um, and I'll not single any one of them out, right? But 
there, there's been a bit, co- bit of controversy a few times about these, right? So you've got meal prep companies. I had a client and he's still kind of going to the meal prep company. And then we took, um, we, because I actually, you add up the, the calories and the macros that are on it. doesn't add up, right? So the reason why you would do that, so you add up, uh, you've got protein, fats, carbs, right? So fats, um, there's nine calories per gram. Uh, you then you've got four calories per gram for carbs and four calories per gram for protein. So if you times all them together, you should get that the total amount of calories that are in the meal. And I've been doing this with uh, meal prep companies, and then I realise they're full of shit. And there's a the clients aren't losing weight on them, and I'm like, well, you should be losing weight on those calories. All you're eating is those meals, so it just show, goes to show that they're not accurate. So um, there's been a few companies caught up, caught out about this, and um, it's something that I think is pretty pretty diabolical, to be honest. That that you're that you're nowhere near the nowhere near the calories, and um, people are trusting you to kind of prep their meals. However, like a lot of the time, they'll be in that but it's kind of same ballpark. They are high in protein. They're probably nice, tasty meals. So um, there is benefits to finding a good meal prep company. It's just obviously kind of hard to find and hard to identify what um what are kind of good meal prep companies but before we go into the kind of hello hello fresh kind of phenomenon have you getting to, to add to like with actual kind of meal prep companies that come in tupperwares yeah i mean like th- there are positives to it in, a, in the sense that like it takes the the stress out of if you're not a good cook and maybe you just don't enjoy it it's something that you just don't feel that you have maybe the time for which arguably you probably do but um it's uh it takes that away so it can be a big time saver if you're prepared to invest in that like because it will be a little bit more expensive than buying everything fresh yourself so if that's not an issue for you then and you feel that it's something that's going to work better for your lifestyle then by all means like find a good meal prep company um and you know they will again help you massively in order to to get to where you want to be um it's funny you actually mentioned that about the, the calories not adding up or the, the macros not add to, adding up to the calories. You were uh, at I was at, all the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was exactly that. Like I added it all up and it was like, because I got a smoothie and it was, uh, um, I think it was something like 50 calories off of where it said it was at. Yeah. I was like, this makes, no, makes absolutely no sense. Um, but uh and the thing is, it was actually like in a good way. It was 50 calories less than what they'd said it was. So if they actually calculated it properly, they'd you'd have like a really low calorie smoothie. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just something to be aware of, guys. Don't trust necessarily everything you see on these labels. Like now, like, the, you know, especially you guys that are part of uh, part of the group is that like you have a lot of these tools to understand like how many calories are in car- carbs, fats, protein so that you can calculate these things yourself and double check it and just foolproof it um like you you'll be more than able to do that but yeah with meal prep companies like they will they will make things taste relatively good it'll give you that convenience factor um there's nothing inherently wrong with them uh but someone like you know like as we're going to touch on now like your, your hello freshies like your is it gusto meals as well like uh, yeah these things these companies can be really really good at just being able to take some of that stress away but not do all the work for you so yeah. again like standpoint they're fantastic um but they give you the, the ability to actually like cook it yourself so like you you get a bit of a skill from that um what yeah. do you want to touch guys 
Well, ju- just with uh, just with that, and um, I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent sure um, if they give you full macros or not. But um, I think Gusto and HelloFresh actually do, and you can. Um, I think it's actually. I don't know if it used to, but I think it's developed now. I don't use it personally, and never have, never really planned to. But uh, when client, that's only because I have the basis knowledge of like doing this for years and years. So it might be a good kind of insight into, especially because I've trained a lot of people, I've trained a lot of kind of couples, and at least even if it's not a couple, you whether you like it or not, if you're in a couple, then the, the other person that you're living with has to deal with you on a diet if you eat together and stuff. So sometimes having these kind of hello fresh meals and stuff can be really beneficial because most likely your, your partner is going to enjoy them. Um, so uh, that being the case, then they you you're kind of taking not not taking advantage. You're taking control of the situation by saying, right, I've ordered these meals. I'm going to make this dinner. I'm going to have this, and it's actually turning that kind of negative kind of prepping meals and all that sort of stuff into a positive. You're doing something with your with your partner at nighttime. So it's, it's it's something that I do think is a positive thing, um, and especially as even like a lead on to like maybe just a bit more experimental cooking by yourself. If you're if you're not super kind of versed in the kind of seasonings and what to use and and stuff like that, yeah, yeah and I've I've noticed exactly the same thing with a couple of clients that have came on board fairly recently is that you know they've been they've been getting the Hello Fresh meals and uh, like their their partner um, is loving it because they don't feel like as much as they've invested into a program they're trying to to lose weight etc like don't it doesn't feel like for them that they are having to sacrifice. Like they're like, oh my god! Like these moves actually taste really good. Like I could eat this like all the time, and um, and it does exactly that. Like it gives you the option to then start experimenting with different foods. So like, um, if it was like a a chili that you were making from like Hello Fresh or whatever it is, say it's just a chili, and uh, you wanted to experiment, maybe try like something else and use like um a different flavor combination or something like that like you've got a lot of the skills of being able to make that meal you just need to change a few things up and then you're starting to create your own meals from that and you're starting to just venture out um so it gives you a lot of like the starting uh, skills to start cooking but um but yeah they're, they're fantastic there's definitely again nothing wrong with them whether it's something it's like you can do forever probably not but at least it's a starting point and as long as you're clear on that and you understand that like it's it's all good in our eyes yeah and just um Leading on from that point, I guess, like on, on screen, you can see kind of um, the next slide, which is like bulk prepping um, your protein sources. So um, what we mean by that is that obviously if you're not really kind of great at cooking, or even if you're, you are good at cooking, but you just uh, you just feel as if um, you've not really got loads of time to cook everything completely from fresh, that would maybe be a good idea to do spend a Sunday or any sort of day really, um, but dedicate a few hours to prepping a few of your protein sources um, to then go along with like a microwavable um, rice pot and some veg or whatever, dead easy, dead quick. Um, but maybe choose things instead of having like cook your chicken, put, put your chicken or your mince or whatever you're having as your protein source or if you're vegetarian having your kind of chickpea curry or whatever it is it will taste better a few days later um, so prepping these things in bulk how do you track that you basically just add in everything at once 
um, and then save that as a meal and divvy it up into portions um, and then divide that by, so let's say you had four, four portions in a meal um, and then it was like a thousand calories, then that was two, 250 calories each portion and then you're basically just going into your meals on my fitness pal and then taking it and, um, and putting in uh, a quarter of that or 0.25 or whatever. But before we get into too much kind of uh, stuff on how you actually track on my fitness pal, the benefit of this really is mainly the fact that you're you're able to enjoy uh, the, the actual combination of the flavours because they infuse better after a few days' time and it saves you time. So I'm a big fan, a big fan of this one. Um, anything else to kind of add to that, Ali? No, I think you've pretty much nailed it. But yeah, totally agree. Like if you ha- you know what it's like if you have a curry like specifically and you leave it for like a day or so, like the like it tastes like 10 times better. Um but yeah, it's a massive time saver. It's a massive time saver, especially like if you get caught off off guard and like you maybe have to stay at work for longer or something like that and you just don't have the time in the evening or they want to then go and like make something to stop you then like stopping at a McDonald's or a takeaway on the way home. Like you know, oh, I can just stick that 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 portion of like chili or whatever it is in the microwave for a few minutes get the the rice like the microwave rice on the go like five ten minutes down the line you're done like you're not really having to spend much time so it's a it's a really good thing to have in your back pocket in those types of situations and you know you can just pull it out whenever so yeah it's, it's a it's just a it's just a smart way of approaching the week is is trying to prep things in advance and making more of what you actually need at that time just with their go-to and if they're frozen you can keep them for like a good few months and they'll be fine so they're always going to be there so it's, it's a good wee investment to make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so if you're not already doing that um, and you are struggling with like having stuff there, it's maybe something to, to look at. Uh, just an extra wee time saver you'll see in the bottom left is um, kind of chopping veg to make it easy to cook. Like So on that day that's your prep day, you could chop some kind of fruit and veg and then it's there for whether, whether it's smoothies, um, whether it's... Um, adding to your meals on the sides, adding to a side salad as a snack with some um, some dip or whatever whatever you're having it with, um, having stuff there that's kind of prepped in bags and it's just easy, it's convenient. Um, if you've got a busy life, then these things are uh, it's important to be, as we say, proactive with these things. So so definitely, um, I would highly recommend that. I probably at the moment don't do don't do enough of that. Um, so that's something that I need to make sure I'm adding in again. Uh, but I, I used to do that quite a lot. So um, so yeah, it's all just about finding your routine. See until you find your routine. This is where people always wonder why some people absolutely fly when they come onto the program and others take a wee while to find their feet um and it's not down to necessarily like the knowledge or the cat it's because they don't their routine is absolutely gubbed so that's where we need to strip it back to basics and we need to go to a plan plan in a week and before you start jumping into the workouts and jumping into the all the kind of the the fancy stuff plan your week better and you will find that the results will pay off because of that. So um, this is just a, a way of planning stuff and it's not too taxing on um, on your week because you can do this on a Sunday, a nice chill day for a lot of people. Um, put some music on, do it with do it with your half, whatever you want to do, but it's definitely a, um, a benefit 
uh, to to your week, and it can be it can be a positive rather than take away um, from it. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be like like. Of course, it could be that like you could sit down on that that afternoon and and do it all then. But even if you know like on a like a Tuesday, I'm having bolognese, like maybe just buy a little bit more in than what you need for that night. Make like a few extra portions, and then you know you've got them in the freezer ready to go. And if you're doing that a couple of times through the week, then you're always going to have like things there as an option. So there's there's loads of ways to do it. There's no one one size fits all. It's just you know it's exactly that. It's known you know your week better than what we do. So you know the times and the days where you've got a bit more time to be able to put towards these things. And it's not that it takes loads of time because it really doesn't. Like if you're doing it efficiently enough, like you can get these done. Like just like a normal slow, slow cookers and all that. Like, see, one of my favorite meals is, and so take us down to the recipe. One of my favorite meals is such an easy meal. You just get some, uh, some, some chicken uh, thighs or breasts. Throw them in the slow cooker. Barbecue sauce, like genuinely Heinz barbecue sauce. Chuck that in with it. Put it in the slow cooker. You can season it a little bit if you want. Maybe throw some peppers or whatever in there if you want. Then just leave that for three, four hours. Then come back to it, two forks, shred it, shred it, and then do you know what I have with it? Pop it off. Because they're, they're less, <laughs> less calories than... Uh, so I'll have a side of veg with it and I'll have pop and it's actually class. Um, so if you've not tried that, it's definitely it's definitely one to try. Well, sound good, to be fair. I would definitely make a note of that one, guys. So shred, shredded barbecue chicken, but it's just that there's a lot less calories than pop but you get that kind of crunch. Um, than there is in like nachos and things so it's just a wee hack that I found um, but yeah we, we like it so um, next one because I'm waiting I've got a, we've got a client call in 10 minutes so we'll wrap, wrap this up um, as quick as we can so we've got shop, shopping with a, with a bit of a plan or a list too many people are sporadic with their they're shopping and they're where they just go in and they're like that looks nice I'll have that yes there's going to be an element of that pick up stuff you, you think you'll enjoy, but have a bit of a plan before you go in. Um, don't go in super hungry and you start kind of raiding um, the, the wrong aisles and you don't kind of spend too much time in the fruit and veg aisle and get your protein and fibre um, fixed. You end up getting your chocolate and crisps fixed. So it's, it's important to realise that if you go in with a bit of a plan, make sure also make sure that you're stocked up on the right things. I use this as an example all the time. Let's say, for instance, five days out of the week, you start your day off with yogurt, right? And then you end up going to the shop and you buy two tubs of yogurt. You need to buy five. Like, that's just common sense maths. You need to buy five. Let's say, for instance, that's what you're doing. You're, that's the way you start off your day. You need to buy enough for the week. And too many people do one week of shopping, but after three days, it's done. So, yeah. like, do an actual week of shopping if you're going to do it and plan it all in. Um, that's that's probably the, the the go-to thing that I would say first of all for everyone is having a rough idea of what you're buying. Yeah, it's, it's that it really is that simple. Like, um, like I always grew up whenever I was going like shopping with mum and dad, they always had a list, a physical list, like pen, paper. They were writing it down, taking it off as they go. Like a lot of people now do it like on your phone, like I do it on my phone. But even when I do it on my phone, I still forget things. If I actually make a physical list. I rarely forget anything. So that's a, a little thing to try. Um, but yeah, like for me, if when I go shopping, it's literally, I know what I'm getting. I'm not really thinking about anything else. I'm in, get that stuff, get out. Like shopping is quick for me. Like it's done. Um, so if you're not prepared and you're going in thinking, oh, do I need this? Do I need that? 
Like, you need to take a step back because then you're those little things that you don't really think of as um, meaning much. Like, they're going to they're going to like put you a step back because then you've forgotten things. Then your time from your day starts going away, starts getting away from you. You're not as prepared as you think. You're starting to become reactive. So it's and as much as that might not sound like much, it's true because it's that it starts the spiral of oh, I'm behind them. I need to go and get this. I need to go and get that. I forgot this. Forgot that. So just being a wee bit prepared. Take that ten minutes. Another thing that you're going to be needing for the week. How much of it you need. Know where you're getting it from. Um and and don't go shopping when you're hungry. Yeah, definitely. Um. Definitely, because you've saved money as well doing it that way. Because the amount of food waste that you probably have in your fridge is, is probably quite a lot. Um, the, th- the stuff that doesn't go off is the stuff that I want to kind of touch on in the last slide is the is the the, the snack drawer. Um, your snack drawer is probably the stuff that doesn't go off, but it doesn't need to go off because it's, it's gone within a week. <laughs> anyway, so it's something that I think is, is definitely worth mentioning. Um, that people stack this with stuff and then expect them not to. And there was another podcast I listened to on this. It actually prompted this whole thing. I sent you the podcast, Ali. Um, and it was like, I kind of compared it to like, if you have like someone who's an alcoholic and you say, I'm just going to leave this here. Um, I don't want you to drink it though. You're, you're tempting fate. If you have not a chocolate addiction or anything like that, but if you have habits that are, very kind of um, triggered by chocolate and you're having something that um, or chocolate crisp, whatever your trigger food is, and you're buying it in every week and you're expecting yourself not to have it, you're just lying to yourself. So yeah. um, anything you want to add? Yeah, it's, it's so much about behaviour and environment here. Like if, if those types of things, like the biscuits, the crisps, the sweets, the chocolate is in the house, like you are really, it's exactly like you're tempting fate, you're torturing yourself, like, because the thought process is, you know it's there, so you're always battling with yourself, oh, I'll just have a wee bit, I'll have a wee bit, I'll have a wee bit, and that never works out. So, something that you actually touched on, I want you to actually explain it, Sylvester, just before we kind of went on live, was talking about how you can make it something that's not necessarily like a negative thing, and you're not creating this negative relationship with these types of foods, but yeah. how you can make it more inclusive, like kids or family, like, yeah, just uh, touch on Yes, so I want to tread lightly here because I don't want to tell people how to give parent advice before I'm I'm even a parent myself, right? But um, it's something that I think we 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 often say like, well, I need to have it in for the kids, or I need to, I need to, I need to have it there for for them. But who says you're the one that gave it to them? So um, you're the one that can take it away from them. But you don't need to make it a negative thing. And I think it's important that, that you understand this habit as well. So let's say, for instance. You you have a, usually have a fully stacked snack drawer, um, and then all of a sudden it's not. Doesn't mean to say you can't make an event of like. So all we're trying to do is break that barrier, right? So you're trying to break the barrier between like having it. There's even studies to show that having it a lower down covered and a higher up covered. There's different um, elements of being able to like human behavior. So there's that, and then there's even a further barrier that you're not not allowed these things, but you have to go out your way to go and get them. And so you have to go to the shop, you have to drive to the, the ice cream place, which is what I wanted to kind of touch on with your your kids, your family, your partner. Make take control of the situation. If if they start moaning about it, be like that's because we're going to go out for ice cream today and take them out for ice cream. 
and you'll go out and you'll enjoy that and it will be like a treat and it's not going to be a habit that's developed um, really easily over um, over the course of like your life basically and then again what you're doing is you're training your kids to need us because you're, you're training them this habit so take control of the situation and start and start implementing stuff like that and I think you'll get you'll get on a, a hell of a lot better and you'll create a, a better relationship with it all yeah love that love it and um, yeah it's like if you've got the stuff around the house the likelihood is more often you're going to want to have it because you know it's there so if it's not in the house you have to think more about right. I need or, or I want that uh, that tub of Pringles. Oh, I need to go to the shops to go and get that. Do I really want to go to the shops? Do I really want that? Like, am I actually that bothered about it? It may, just it's almost like that little gap in between the thought process where it's like, mm-hmm, do I need it? Do I want it? And you start you getting thinking a little bit more rather than just being so kind of uh, tuned into that habit of, oh, I'm hungry now or I feel hungry. I'm going to go and have the crisps. It's do I actually feel hungry? Am I just bored? Like, what else is going on? Like, so is this just a behavior thing? Is this a habit I've created? Is this just something I've made in my own head? Um, so it's it's it gets you starting to think about like boredom and and like the, the hunger that you create in your head versus actual physical hunger because the two are totally different. Um, so yeah, so the environment is massive. The environment you create in your kitchen, your house is is huge. So little things like that, what Sylvester was talking about, and even having certain things in the house, it's, uh, yeah, definitely a game changer. Yeah. So hopefully that um, hopefully that kind of covered the, the basis of, of most things that you would, you would think about when it comes to meal prep. And um, I don't think at the start of people's journey, they think about this enough um, and they end up just, trying to fall into it. And the people that are proactive with it are usually the people that, that, that do well quicker. Um, so it's definitely something to, to think about. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast, be sure to be sure to rate it and um, and let us know what you think as well. If you're watching this on uh, on the, the private page, comment below, let us know what you took away from it. We've got some questions here, so feel free to comment as well. If you've got any questions, we'll, we'll sure to answer them as well. Um, and we'll just get into these three questions that I had from uh, some of the some of the, the check-ins because they knew we were doing this live. Uh, they're not necessarily related, um, but I uh, just thought going to do a Q and A at the end anyway. So, anything else you want to before we get into the questions that you wanted to finish up on? No, I think I think we covered a lot of that quite well, and we you know we could go off for ages. We could spend hours and hours talking about this, but it's probably better to try and keep that a little bit more to the point, which I think we've done quite well. So, so yeah, let's dive into these questions. Yeah, so any questions for us, it's live. Uh, nothing I can think of, but one question is really, um, um, I sometimes struggle with body image. Would be interesting in tools towards this, if applicable to any lives and training in the future. You know, it's definitely one that we'll think about because I know that, um, I, I don't know if I know a person that doesn't struggle with body image. Um, I've, I still struggle with it. Um, I'm in the best place probably I've ever been in in terms of my body image, even though I'm not in the best shape I've ever been in. Um, I just think that through time you start to learn things about your own self and you become more self-aware and what really matters and things. And you realize that, I guess, um, being in shape doesn't get you happy. And then when you actually get there, you realize that that's actually not what makes you happy. It's it's actually the, the most enjoyable part is the kind of the process of doing it. 
Um, so you almost, uh, like once you start to realise that, then you can start to get comfortable with your current situation rather than always looking. It's good to look for the future, but rather than looking um, beyond too much, if you get me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big topic. And, you know, I think definitely do a training on it specifically. We kind of dive into it a lot more, but one of the biggest, most common things I see with body image, and as you said, like, I don't, I don't think I know anyone that doesn't to some extent struggle with it is um is comparison like whether that be on social media whether that be just in the fact of the culture that that we're in now that we all want to be looking our best feeling our best and it's difficult if you don't actually feel that way so the biggest thing would be if you are comparing yourself with people online or in a gym like understand where you are understand like okay i have only been doing this for a couple of weeks they've been doing it for years and years we are different people. Me comparing myself to them is not going to bring me any type of joy or happiness because they're a different person to me. They're totally different. And as much as that might not sound like it's it's helpful, it's so true because I'll never look like Sylvester. Sylvester will never look like me. As much as we might try, like it's never going to happen. It's just not going to happen ever, ever. So why would you then want to try and look like someone that you see on social media that's totally different to you or someone in the gym? Like it's not going to happen. So comparing where you're at to where they're at, it's like me comparing myself to like Usain Bolt. Totally different. Like he's been training for years and years. He's like the best in the world. Like I, I don't like running. <laughs> like so, like it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. So yeah. you've got to have that clarity as to where you're at and understand that the. Your, your level of confidence in your own body image is going to come through time of understanding, right, this is where I was and this is where I am now. And every day I'm making that little 1%, that little, taking that little step forward every day to improving it. And when you're in that mentality of every day is just a, a step of progression, like it gets better and better and better. That momentum builds and builds, but you yeah. never get to a place where you're like, like over it and you're just like happy all the time, but yeah. you're much more content than that. Yeah, and I, I guess uh, realising that as well is that even though, let's say, for instance, you do, like, if, if people put on weight from where they were previously, they compare themselves to that. Um, and I'm, I've been guilty of this in the past, but, like, mentally, you're not in that place anymore. So I think that's important to realise that that's the development. There's a, it was actually came up in the check-in before with a client. They're, like, they feel in such a great place. They're actually feeling better. Their jeans are fitting, but they don't see a lot of difference in the photos. And I'm like, well, like you've just said all these positive things and you're letting the photos dictate your your happiness. So don't do that because there's there's a lot more to this than than just kind of looking better. Because what you will realize is one, the photos align and they look, look better. You need to make sure that your head's in line with that as well. So um as as I can constant tug and more battle, but um don't want to go too much into that because we'll we'll do a we will do a separate kind of training on it and I'm I'm worried that I'm I've got a I've got a client call now. I've a message was just there to say I'll be a couple of minutes late. But um next one is I think I'm mainly nervous about worried about returning to the gym, which we've touched on before. Again, I would just go on to uh release a podcast last week um on kind of uh, returning to the gym's things to consider. So make sure you go listen to that. Um Next one, uh, how much training is too much training if you're having sufficient rest days and you're sustaining enough calories? So in this case, like too much training, like 
it's very, very hard for, I think, most people to hit a stage of overtraining. Like, it's a lot harder than what you think. Yeah. Um, what I would be asking is, like, are you still progressing in what you're doing? Um, are you are you recovering well enough with, mm. like, how often you're training? And if that's the case, then, like, you've probably hit a good, a good, a good amount of, of sessions per week. And um, there's obviously intricacies with like how often like you're training certain body parts and what type of movements you're doing, etc., that are going to contribute to this. But to be rather kind of um, concise with it and just like a bit more broad, like if you're not progressing, you're not recovering, that's probably too much training. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I, to just touch on the topic uh, or the, the point that you just said just there, I don't think really many people overtrain. Uh, I think it's a, a word that's thrown about and I don't think it's really um, valid for a lot of people. However, what I think does happen is people normalise like a, a stage of like training all the time and then if they, if, they, if they at all slack off of that, adherence goes down. So that's where I would say that's overtraining because you're you're training your almost body and mind to think that it has to do that or else there's no point in doing any, anything. So I would say that's people's biggest struggle is that they, they think that if they're not doing something, um, then that always just leads back to blasting and cruising or pushing and pulling and being able to do that. So I think it's important that some days or some weeks they might feel as if you, you can trade six days, go for it. Um, and then just uh, allow yourself to recover from that, see how you are. If you can do that and you can do that next week, go again, enjoy it. Um, if not, then like I used to train six days, don't train six days anymore, train five. Um, and sometimes I need to train four, and it all depends. Like me and Kirsten, I went to hotel this weekend, uh, this week, so I know that I'm going to be training less. I trained this morning, trained yesterday, I'm going to train tomorrow morning, and I'll probably not train till the weekend. That's four days, um, just because I want to have a bit of time off. So it's all about being able to do that and not feel as if you're, um, not feel as if you're missing missing out on everything because of that. So I don't really think overtraining, certainly for Gen Pop anyway unless you're like an athlete, overtraining isn't very relevant to a lot of people. I just think that doing too much training, although you could argue that is overtraining, doing too much training can lead to lack of adherence, which can then lead to other problems down the line. Yeah, yeah covered that well. I think you nailed it. Um, all right, well, I better go, or else I'll be leaving this client <laughs> just sitting like you've got another meeting in progress. Um, but... Hope you enjoyed, guys. Um, thanks for listening or watching. And anything you want to touch on, Ali, before we finish? No, no, enjoyed it. It was uh, a lot to a lot to cover, a lot to kind of go into. But yeah, hope you guys got a lot of value from that. Uh, if you do have any questions, you know where we're at. Just drop them. Either if you're watching it in the group, drop them down below. Um, if you've got questions, if you're listening, of course, just message either one of us. I'm more than happy to kind of go over anything. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Appreciate you having me on. All right, no, it was good, and um, we will see you in the next one. Let us know anything else you want us to cover. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.